0: Hey everyone, this is Election Insider podcast with Richard Barron and Gary Vaughn of Daily Stock Picks podcast. De- Gary, didn't you didn't you get something going with your podcast with some company? Trends, oh, yeah. Or where,
1: where my where my algorithm is, they made me a preferred partner. So uh, I'm hoping that they um, they told me they would they would allow me to. Set up my algorithm and have it automatically shared. So if anybody signs up for TrendSpider, they can get um, my algorithm and get have access to it. But I'm I'm live on YouTube every morning. So if anybody wants to see what my algorithm looks like for stock picks and stuff, they can just log in. Usually about eight
0: thirty in the morning till about
1: ten or eleven, I'm trading. So what
0: did you? Uh, what have you been doing? We took a couple couple weeks off. I traveled out to the northwest and.
1: Your you're, up, awesome. you're up
0: in New Jersey. Yeah, Seattle. I hadn't spent that much time in Seattle downtown in a long time. My my dad and my brother and I used to go up for baseball games when I was growing up. And then, um, you know, I've been up there to visit my brother in Bremerton. Hey, Biscuit. <laughs> That's my dog. I've uh, been up in Bremerton where my brother lives and, you know, several times and, you know, gone over just to like the waterfront in Seattle, but this time we... We went all over, and it just seems like Atlanta seems like such a small fry town compared to um, Seattle. It's like Seattle's a grown up city. Um, Atlanta, you know, it only has 500,000 people in it. So it's not that big of a city. It's like
1: a large media.
0: Huh? Atlanta only has 500,000 people? Atlanta proper. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the metro area is big, but. You just Dude, you can't, I, there's nothing going on when you walk around downtown. It's not well, a walkable city.
1: Other than stealing cars and, and, you know, yeah. selling, selling water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no doubt. My, my friend who uh, comes down to Atlanta a lot f- to visit for business his his company has it, I think down near the Marriott downtown or something. I go and pick him up. I just don't know where I go, but um, he sent me a, a video of somebody breaking into cars yesterday right at his office. And honestly, Rick, they called the police and the police said, yeah, we have nobody that can respond.
0: And they have video of the person just breaking into cars. I was in Portland for a while, too. I saw some I got a bunch of friends that I keep in touch with from elementary school. And my friend was telling me that only two thirds of the position, the police positions in Portland are filled. They can't get people to service police in Portland. And it's so expensive to live there that none of the police can even live in Portland. They're all living in the suburbs.
1: Yeah. I think MLS finals last year were in Portland and all the guys were telling me how bad it was with crime and and the homeless kind of sleeping out and that just outside the stadium, they had a bunch of people who OD'd, um, on the day of the match final. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, it's like the homeless problem, is terrible in Seattle. It's ter- Real. It seemed really bad in Portland. I come here. I mean, Atlanta is just turning into like a giant homeless camp too. And there's so much garbage on the freeways and garbage on the streets. And you know, I don't know with this mayor for Atlanta. I, I don't. I don't know what he's doing. But somebody needs to do. We need to take. I mean, we're the richest country in the world. We don't take care of our homeless population. I, I don't know what what the solution is, because a lot of these people are mentally ill and they probably don't even want help. The rest, some of them are drug users, I think, but it's a majority mental health and they just, they're out. They just let them camp everywhere.
1: Well, and I got to tell you before, uh, Giuliani went full on stage five crazy. Uh Um, he was a brilliant mayor in New York and, and it was even before, um, because I think he followed Dinkins as the mayor. Yeah, um, And I the city was very right. much as what you're describing, homeless out of control. They were uh, basically washing your windows with piss, with a squeegee. Um, oh, yes. And he basically, uh, my guess is Giuliani partnered with the mob at that point because that was the only organization that could have gotten the city under control as quick as it did. And so while he was a mob prosecutor, my guess is that he had some contacts there too. So, uh, but, you know, again, I I think, I think a lot of these cities are dealing with the same problems and, you know, they're they're throwing it onto one party, but it's really not one party. Um, You know, I I think one party uses it as a sounding board. The other party just says, Hey, what are we going to do about it? And there is no real easy solution, unfortunately. Did you do the Did you do the Miss America pageant? Yeah, it's coming up Saturday. Saturday I leave for <laughs> um, uh, Mohegan Sun, and if, if if anybody watches the Miss America pageant, I don't even know if it's being broadcast this year. Last year it was streamed on Peacock, but uh-huh. I, I've been looking online. I haven't been able to find anything in particular about Miss America this year at all. Um, but they called. They called my boss and they said, "Yeah, we want Gary up there." And so, uh, I'm looking at flirting, looking forward to flirting with some, uh, pageant moms again.
0: Hey, I've been watching, uh, was Slow Horses on, uh, Apple TV and I Echo 3. Yeah. Slow Horses is great. Is it? Uh, Gary, Gary Oldman's in it. And I just, that guy is, he's gotta be one of the top five actors of all time and he's really good in it. Um, but yeah, I'd have, I, I definitely would recommend it. Um, and then, of course, there's that show I think we talked about from scratch that's just too emotional. Oh, God. Don't get me started <laughs> oh, on that one. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, we had a runoff here in Georgia. Um, the voter turnout was something like one point four million or one point three million. It was the the most the the highest turnout for a midterm election. I think that was day of stats. That's what's day yeah. of voters, right? Yeah. And, you know, the, uh, it's like the the Secretary of State's office bragging that this was, you know, the greatest thing ever, that the turnout was heavy. There was no no vote. And, and every from all indications, everything ran smooth. But, you know, Senate Bill 202, all that it did, you know, it compressed the time from three weeks to a week uh you, you, there's a minimum of 17 days you have to do early voting for for a regular election and the SB202 shortened that down to a minimum of 5 days for the runoff so they were bragging about how many people had voted early but there's a couple things they there were lines all over the place hours long lines because they crammed every, had to cram everybody in the only reason the lines weren't worse is because there was only one, one race on the ballot. So when I went in to vote, I checked in, and I was in and out of there uh, in under five minutes. And I, I just, you know, let's, let's be honest. What the Republicans did with SB202 is they moved the lines away from Election Day and, and have moved them into early voting. And on top of that, you have the Republicans also don't want anybody voting early and they don't want anybody voting by mail. So the Democrats end up having these long periods in which they cast ballots. The Republicans try to vote heavy on election day, um, but I don't think they turned out in big enough numbers. Well, and 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 I was watching B.
1: Wynn's um, uh, Twitter feed for a lot of this, but uh, didn't they not want to open early voting on the weekend after Thanksgiving? The Republicans. Well,
0: there's some. Yeah, there's some. Some in SB 202. Uh, there, there's a provision in there that says they can't open on the Saturday after a holiday to start early voting, and so several groups I think got together and filed a lawsuit, which then ended up a judge ordered that early voting to start on the Saturday. So some of the counties did open on Saturday, the ones that that wanted to, like I Fulton County, I think some of the Metro counties did. So, so they so, actually got they actually got uh seven days of early voting rather than um some of the others, I think started on the Monday or or maybe even the Sunday. So they some of them did five, some of them did six, and but, some but, seven. But how can the Republican, again Raffensperger and and
1: his group at the Secretary of State's office? How can they brag about early voting when they wanted to not open up for actually early voting? I mean, that's that's the hypocrisy yeah. of the situation.
0: Well, and that's the thing, too, is that Raffensperger supported SB 202. He supported everything in it and he bragged about his support for it. And then they wonder they've got a record turnout on Election Day. It's because not everyone could vote early. Right. I mean, if you have early voting the way it used to be, we had nine weeks between the runoff. Now, I think the runoff is ridiculous as it is. I don't think we should be doing these runoffs in in Georgia anymore. And um, there was an article in the Georgia recorder about by Stanley Dunlap on December 8th, just saying that there's candidates and advocates calling to move for instant runoffs because. It's getting ridiculous that everybody has to wait for a month to wait on Georgia to see who controls the Senate. And, you know, Georgia will sit and brag, oh, yeah, we get our ballots counted and the elections are usually called, you know, sometime on election night. Well, big deal if you then got a runoff and everybody's got to wait for another month.
1: Well, and let me ask, as a former director of of elections and and. We can go into my situation with the absentee ballot, and I'll kind of tell my story, too, since that was a disaster waiting to happen that actually worked out pretty well. Uh But as a director of elections, what did these people go through? I mean, I know when I went to request my absentee ballot at Cobb, the election workers were like, yeah, this is just a shit show um, that's going to happen because they haven't even certified the current election yet.
0: Well, they have to turn over all that equipment. You know, the the thing that makes it easy to turn it over quickly, especially if it's close, is that you just get the poll workers to commit to both elections. When it's nine weeks, you know, some of them are more prone to drop. But the poll worker and then but because it's around the Thanksgiving holiday for early voting, there's a lot of early voting workers that are going to go out of town. They're going to be available on that weekend after Thanksgiving. Some of them don't come back till the next week. So like Fulton had to reduce their sites from 36 down to 24. They weren't going to be able to staff, plus the staffing agency that the commissioners um, banned from being used for early voting, uh, Happy Faces, the Fulton County commissioners they, they now have to use this other staffing agency, Dover, and they're incapable of filling all the spots. And this was all, a lot of it had, it was a racial issue for Bob Ellis and Liz Hausman and Lee Morris. Um, they somehow had some problems with happy faces because they they thought there were too many black people in the polls up in the north part of the county. And some of the voters up there, they said were complaining that the the polling places don't look like the, the residents. Well, if those those residents need to get out there and and volunteer to work on Election Day, I mean, th- that the thing is, they have to get recruit people from all over the county in order to fill these slots and the North Fulton Republicans are not going out or the North Fulton white people are not going out and, and volunteering when we, when we were when in the 2020 election, they, uh, there were Republicans that said, okay, we're going to provide names for early voting. So they provided the County party provided us 84 names they said they'd recruited them, they vetted them. Of course, these guys didn't want them to have to go through applying at the at the staffing agency like everyone else. They wanted them to get special treatment, which we couldn't do because these staffing agencies have their own rules and they're governed by certain laws, so they 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 can't give these people special treatment. Of those 84 that they supposedly had committed, only 5 ended up working. Wow. So wow. they, they make a big fuss, they, give us, they gave us a long list, and then none of them wanted to work. Some of them said they'd work, some others said they'd work, but they only wanted to work one day of early voting, or they would work two days, but they wanted to schedule the days that they worked. It doesn't work that way. You need to have people committed to the entire period so that a polling place operates efficiently from the beginning of the, the election until the end. But you know it's your question about what do they go through in between it's really hard to get absentee ballots out so that the voters can return them, which will go into your your experience in a minute. but just getting all that equipment turned around and tested in that amount of time is difficult, especially when you have to wait on the certification, which is was really late and you know, they, they have at least modified the law somewhat that they can start counting early voting ballots a little bit earlier. There was a senator that I, that I was going to work with on some legislation after the 2020 election named John Albers. He's kind of a whiny baby. He, he didn't like the fact that the ACLU stepped up at one point before the election and said, look, if you guys want people to help on election day, to process the canceled ballot applications, which, if you vote by mail and you can't get your ballot in, what you can, what we can usually have people in the polling places that are that specifically will cancel ballot by mail applications. So the ACLU said we will. Um, we, we negotiated with them, and the ACLU went to the Georgia Bar Association. They got attorneys. They didn't ask about the parties. They just got attorneys. They wanted volunteers that said, can you do this specific job on election day to to do the canceled ballot or cancel the uh, applications for ballot by mail so that the voters can vote? And the ACLU, of course, is known as being left-wing, but... They weren't recruiting lawyers in that way. They just went to the Georgia bar. John Albers threw a fit. You know, he was whining that that there were going to be these left wing people processing these applications. Well, the only thing they had, they had administrative privileges to do that one duty in election net. So I'm not really sure what he thought was going to happen. And anyway, after the on election night, his race came down to the very end. And I was on the phone with him because we were having to we were having to count early voting ballots, print out the tapes, and you couldn't start it that back then until seven PM. So it took us until three thirty in the morning to get done with them. And that was as fast as we could go. We only had ten scanners to work with because we didn't have enough equipment. So those were 10 scanners that couldn't go into the field. We have to hold those back and then we have to have people count. uh, You know, we had something like 250,000 early voting ballots that we had to count or, you know, um, we had to close those out of all the early voting units for 33 sites. It was just a bear to get all that done. And John Albers wanted to work on something because we talked several times during the night, and then um, as soon as the whole Trump thing, he disappeared. <laughs> he just slunk away and and wouldn't take my call, and that was the end of the whole thing. Um, so, I mean, I, I he's kind of a weasel, but I was willing to work with him. And but I, I thought I, it
1: was I thought it was interesting on uh, election night. I, I texted you on CNN. The Cobb County Director of Elections was. Uh, doing interviews, and all, all i all I thought about was, okay, here is the director of elections from Cobb County who forgot to send out absentee ballots in both elections. Um, in the runoff, they didn't too. I, th- I think I read that on Mark Neese's story as well. Um, oh, I didn't know that, that there were some that were not mailed as well, and I don't know if it was the same amount that was not mailed, but there were some that were not mailed. And and here is here is this woman who's who's on uh, TV and uh you know she says everything's running smoothly everything's running great and and listen at at the end of the day i think you do portray a positive spin uh, during election night um but i I, all i thought about was all of the stories that you've told me about the the nightmare of how um doing these things that day is so tough so
0: yeah yeah um so anyway, a lot of Republicans, well, wait, wait a minute, before I move on, Gary, what about your experience voting or, I mean, voting by mail? Cause you so, went to New Jersey.
1: Yeah. So I got my absentee ballot was, um, it was supposed to be mailed out. I think I applied on Monday before Thanksgiving. Um, And I applied in person then on, they told me at the place that at the Cobb County Board of Elections that they had to certify the election before it would be mailed out, but they thought it would be okay. Um, So I wound up not knowing exactly where it would be um, or if I would get it in time because they made sure to tell me that it didn't necessarily have to be postmarked. It had to be in their hands and in their office by December 9th. Uh, or December sixth, I forget December which day. Yeah, December sixth. So it had to be in their office. It wasn't postmarking, which I thought always. Hey, as long as it's postmarked before that, it should be fine. So uh, there, in in my dilemma, I thought, hey, why don't they have you know? Why don't these uh, you know uh, like the Democratic Party and the um, Republican Party? Why don't they offer? Hey, if you have an absentee ballot, we'll just FedEx it for you. Give us the number and we'll FedEx into the – you know, you can use our, our, our number to FedEx, um, which is, by the way, I think that's the business that we should start is let's go to the Democratic and the Republican Party and say um, here's a business. Uh, anybody that wants to get their absentee ballot into the board of uh, of electors will do that for you, um, and here's the charge to the each party um, depending on which party they choose. But that's, that's outside. I think that's a great business for somebody to actually start. So you got that. Um, then I wound up getting, getting it. I think it was delivered on Friday after Thanksgiving. No, I'm sorry. It was the week after Thanksgiving. It was delivered on Friday. Um, so I had to get it filled out and I put it in the mail on Monday. So now the day
0: after election, uh, the day after Thanksgiving day, you received it in the mail. I think it, let me look at my calendar real quick because I'm not sure of the actual time.
1: Um, It must have been, uh, it must have been the day after Thanksgiving that I got it. Okay. Um, I applied, I know I drove up here on Tuesday, so I must have applied on Monday. Uh, I got it in my hands the day, it might have been Saturday I received it. It was Friday or Saturday, the 25th or the 26th. So I had to get it in the mail on the 28th because the following week was election week. And you've known the pro- – anybody who's received a bill in the mail knows yeah. that it takes about a week for mail to get anywhere these days. Um, And I wasn't going to pay for a FedEx or anything like that. So I want to – put
0: that in the mail on the 28th.
1: Right. And, and so I'm not exactly 100% sure when they got it. And that's well, why
0: what- I- – you, according to what you sent me uh-huh. on my voter page, they got it. They scanned it in um, into the system so that it, the ballot could be opened on December 5th. So you, they they got it the day before. You mailed it from New Jersey on the 28th of November, and they didn't receive it until November 5th. Imagine people that, right. that were out of state and mailed it a couple of days later. Their ballots probably didn't even get in.
1: And thank goodness I went on Monday and there was a line at the post office first off, because my parents live in a 55 and older community. So everybody uses the post office for absolutely anything.
0: <laughs> and know, my and dad's it, always like, when my dad's out of town, he's always like, I go. Why don't you just stay at Chris's another couple of days? I got to get home and check the PO
1: box, check the mail. Yeah, check yeah, the mail. I'm like,
0: who gets mail? I don't get anything in the mail. I go two weeks without checking my mail.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm gone for a m- months at a time, and I don't check my mail, and I don't forward my mail. I just get. Um, if you go to USPS.com, you can get informed delivery. So every yeah, morning, that's what I got. Yeah, you get the email with what's coming. Um, but you know, to go back to my absentee ballot and and the exact story. Thank God I put that in the mail on Monday because had I waited for Tuesday, maybe it wouldn't have gotten there. Um, So, but, but that was my other complaint is up until election day, the, my voter page wasn't updated with any of the information. So I didn't know if they had my absentee ballot or not. Um, So they just updated, I think it was around eight o'clock, eight or nine o'clock in the evening that I checked it when I sent it to you that it was actually updated because the race was so close. If anybody watched the actual, um, election, it was back and forth. And I remember, I think the guy's name is Gabe who works the director of operations for Raffensburger.
0: Yeah. Gabe Sterling.
1: Right. Um, who I like, I, I, I tend to, you know, actually he's a likable guy. I don't know if he's actually, you know, upstanding. You've had more closer relations with him. What, but, but my, um, my, he actually was on CNN and he said this was early in the night he said if we total 1.3 million uh, we know who's going to win meaning the Democrats uh, day of voting this is if we uh, see 1.5 million uh, we we think we know who's going to win if we see 1.4 he said we probably won't have a winner until uh, the weekend because people will need to recount and at the time when polls closed Gabe said, we're trending towards 1.4, so we might not have a winner. So I was kind of shocked that they predicted a winner um, so soon with p- close to 1.4 million day of votes. Because Gabe said it's probably not; it's it's going to be too close to actually call. And I don't know. Did did um, Herschel actually concede that night? Yeah, no, he gave he gave yeah, a speech, he, but I don't know that he actually conceded.
0: Yeah, he he, I heard him. Part of his speech. But yeah, they after afterwards, I didn't hear that part of it. But afterwards on national public radio, they said he did concede.
1: Well, and 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 kudos to Gabe, because Gabe actually came on and said, I don't care who wins. Uh, The reality of the situation is if there's no chance that you're going to win, I'd like to see either candidate just concede so that we can restore faith in the voting system. And and I like that. I mean, that was good to hear from a Republican.
0: Yeah. And he, I mean, I've had, I think, one positive experience with him, which was the last time I saw him at at a statewide elections conference. Other than that, um, all of my experiences with him have been negative. But, I mean, I know he's up there trying to do a good job. And, you know, Raffensperger, despite his um, support of SB202 and some other rat finky things he's done. Uh, he did stand up to Trump. I'll give him credit again for that. And I'll say, you know, Brian Kemp did the same thing. So whatever, well, whatever disagreements I have with them, they did the right thing in the last Rick, election. I got to tell you on
1: CNN, just from a boomer perspective, a boomer liberal perspective, the uh-huh. two of them came on a uh, TV and both my parents were, were, um, they remembered what they had done, what Raffensperger and Gabe had done to with Trump, and uh, they came on cnn and and both my parents were like, "Wow, we really like them.
0: We really like those two. You're lucky to have them in your state, yeah, they're they're national media, darlings. Sometimes though, they would have a different um, message for Georgia voters, uh, you know, the in-state voters than they would for the national media, which right you know it's almost like um you know when you have some foreign leader like Putin he talks to the west sometimes and then he talk he has stuff he feeds to the russian people right and the russians don't don't really get the real the real uh truth of things although we do have ways for it to reach beyond georgia and get out there well and from a from ways. an
1: election standpoint even though walker conceded my assumption is there will be lawsuits filed um, if he wants to, because it is still close. It's not far. It's not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, he pretty much uh, from what he said, I don't, I would be shocked if he did that, but I thought that um, Warnock was going to win by more. Yeah. I thought, first of all, since the Democrats already had control of the Senate, the Republican turnout was going to be lower. I thought the Democrats were going to turn out more because I thought they were wanted to make sure that Warnock won. And I also am still stunned that there are people that will vote for Walker. I know somebody who works with my girlfriend (laughs) who voted for Walker. And the reason why he said is because he wants a Republican controlled Senate or he wants it 50-50 so that the Republicans can have control. But at that point, you're voting for somebody who is a Yeah. I mean, he's a, mm, as as Dave Chappelle said, he's observably <laughs> stupid. And so, you know, I I don't I don't get how how anyone you have I, I don't get that ideology that you're so bent on ideology that you you sacrifice not only having an upstanding person represent Georgia, but it's it's like you put party over country or ideology over country. And I, I have a problem with that. I mean, it's like, just don't go to the polls and vote if you've got some horrible candidate like that. I mean, he, he's, uh, I don't know what you call him. He's disgraceful. I mean, I was, I was not an
1: uber fan of Warnock. Um, no, I'm not either. I think he did a great job with the. Um, he was the the reason that uh, Medicare um, negotiation for drug costs got into that bill. Um, he was the the senator that sponsored and wrote it and and did everything. So I think he's done some real good. Um, but I'm not. I'm still not a super fan of the
0: far far left. Um, no, I mean I'm not either. I mean I I don't get excited about Warnock, but right. You know, I mean, he put him up against Herschel Walker. Yeah. That's a no brainer. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is I. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, he was going to walk or Warnock was going to get like 53 to 55 percent of the vote. So but this, again, is the state that elects people like Jody Heiss or Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't know what, you know, North Georgia they, I, there was a, there's a big write-up in, um, I think it's the Atlantic Magazine, either that or Politico, and it, it's like the making of Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's, kind of an interesting story, but the the woman who wrote the article said people, she's like messianic to people at her rallies. They wow. they view her as being some sort of just charismatic spiritual leader for them. So I, I, I don't know what that says about North Georgia, but I mean, I know well, what I The the democratic um guy who
1: ran against her, a decorated marine, you can't yeah. talk. I mean, anybody she couldn't even run negative ads on him other than he's a democrat.
0: Yeah, um, and he'll probably he'll vote with Joe Biden. Right. Well, For whatever reason, and I guess Newt Gingrich was saying last week that if Republicans discount Biden, they're they're going to do it at their own peril. And that actually Biden has accomplished a lot legislatively, an impressive amount legislatively. And, you know, whether you like him, I mean, at least he's a good person. I know. I mean, people will harp on his son, but I mean, maybe they should. You know Trump. Anyway, I don't want to. Well, get
1: it, it, I, I do find it funny that they'll and and I guess there's a difference. They'll harp on uh, Biden's family, but uh-huh. then Ted Cruz's kids, who are pretty messed up, it does seem. Um, they, you know, the police were called to the household, and uh, the Cruz family is calling for privacy and blah blah blah.
0: But I think why Ted were they Cruz, called to the house?
1: So they haven't really released a lot, but the daughter cut herself um, oh. uh, pretty
0: seriously. Is and, this the same one who who was on video and him trying to give her a kiss or hug her and she just kept pushing him away? Like, yeah. get away from me. Not only that, she went on TikTok and said that her dad's the worst person in the,
1: the, the world and uh, he doesn't understand what people go through and She's been pretty out there as far as quote-unquote hating her dad. 13, 14, or 15, somewhere in that neighborhood. Again, I, I don't like talking about it, but when, when you've got somebody who talks about um, – and, and I guess the difference is Hunter Biden is an adult. This is a kid. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, a so You need to leave the 13-year-old alone. And that's kind of the, the point. But, you know, again, when you go after someone's family, does it – does it discount the fact that Hunter Biden is sick? Hunter Biden is a sick individual. He's, he's got an addiction and and there are problems there. I mean, he's just a, taunt, a tormented person um, emotionally. And with the Republicans going after them, does that um, kind of vitriol fit with, hey, should we stay off the 13-year-old just because she's 13 years old? Yeah, my son's sick. And you can hear even in the voice, some of the voice messages that were released. Oh, and by the way, you know, if we want to talk about it, uh, Elon Musk releasing all of the Twitter stuff, it was mm-hmm. a much ado about nothing as far as what I've read.
0: Um, oh, really? Yeah. So I haven't know, the, read anything. I just started getting, I've got Elon Musk burnout. Yeah, I, I kind of do too, but it's,
1: it's, it's nothing that we didn't know. I mean, so, you know, Twitter killed the story that was
0: well known. Um, that was oh, pretty much that part of it. Yeah. yeah. Where, yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about that. That was that the part where they were, they were trying to get rid of the naked pictures.
1: Yeah. So they were, there was some, some, um, uh, kind of, Hey, we're not going to run this story. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I think any, you know, Hey, Rich Rudy Giuliani comes out with a laptop that he suspiciously found at a, at a laptop repair store um, from guys who are shady at best, uh, to be described, that has data that's been manipulated and can't be confirmed. And you expect, um, you know, that to be reported on. And then, even though it turns out to be that it was Hunter Biden's laptop, um, you know. Again, I, I in my mind, Twitter, they, they're they're a public company, but it's not like um, you know, they're a government entity. They're not um, you know, controlled by the government. They're not regulated. There's nothing there. And if people well, yeah, want to bitch about thing.
0: it. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing about it too. I mean, they can let whoever wants to say whatever on their platform if they want. I mean, that's what that's what it comes down to now. If they let anybody say whatever they want, they're gonna start losing, you know, advertisers and those kinds of things and well and I I do have a, a risk, but
1: yeah. and I do have a problem with the extreme left putting restrictions on Elon that he can't you know, he's dangerous because he's allowing free speech. Well, you can't allow free speech and then um, you know, yell that uh Hunter Biden stuff, uh it you know, it was nothing. Um I, I think, you know, if 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 Elon wants to restrict speech on there, I think he's allowed to. If he wants to open up speech, I think he's allowed to. Because it's a public – it's not a public company. It's a private company at this point. So it's even got more – less regulatory control. Um, But if if the government wants to regulate Elon and stuff,
0: I see you playing with Biscuit over there too. (laughs) Well, Biscuit, Keith, is like starting to bug me about – Dinner? Wanting to eat something. I fed and mine earlier. She's starting to get insistent about it. <laughs> but, well, the other thing that I wanted to touch on was the Republicans seem to have had. I was um, reading a story on Politico by, um, well, I guess, that you know, Meredith McGraw. And it was written today. And it basically says that they are having uh, they've had an epiphany that maybe it isn't smart to tell everyone to vote only on Election Day and not to vote by mail and to reject absentee um, voting by mail or by mail and early voting. Maybe they're thinking maybe we shouldn't be doing that now. And I I kind of but they won't reject Trump in this because he's the one who keeps targeting both of those types of voting. I just, I that's the other thing I don't get about the Republicans. This guy basically ramrodded through. He had enough support amongst the people that vote in primaries, which we've talked about before on, in both sides, they're ideologically, um, extreme on both sides. Those are the people that vote in primaries. So Trump's people won in the primaries and then basically got slaughtered across the board in in the regular election. This guy's not good for the party, but the Republicans are still so afraid of him. They won't speak out and say, everybody should vote early. Everybody should vote by mail, trust ballot by mail. It's a secure way to vote. And so now they're, they're saying, you know, we need to do that, but, um, you know, they, they won't criticize him.
1: Yeah. He, um, I was reading about, and they were doing some talking head stuff on CNN about Trump declaring his candidacy. And, uh, what's interesting is he will get pushed through the primary As the Republican candidate, because he's got enough um, backing in order to all he all he can hope for is that there are 15 Republican candidates to take on whoever the Democratic candidate is, Um, because if there are 15 candidates to take on, he will win because he's got that backing. Um, Right. It would be him. Him versus DeSantis. And they do think that that Trump would while DeSantis is popular, DeSantis still doesn't get the vote out like Trump. Right. And so yeah. that, that's kind of the talking heads. And this was on Fox News that I was watching that. So it was interesting. I mean, I think Fox Rupert Murdoch kind of went back there. But I agree. I mean, you know, it's it's dumb to tell people don't vote. Um when yeah. you can. I mean, how How the the whole point about voting is making it easier for people and more accessible. And if you're trying to limit voting and only have it on one day for your entire party, there are people who can't vote on that day.
0: Yeah. And he Trump was quoted on on his on his social network, his Twitter alternative. Remember, and he does this in all caps. Remember, you can never have fair and free elections with mail in ballots. Never, never, never won't and can't happen. I don't this is just pure ignorance but I uh, I mean he uh, I don't know why he won't vote by mail. I mean when he was president I believe I read that he did vote by mail. He
1: did and and before that he voted by mail all the time because I think he was a Florida resident for quite a while even though I I want to say he was down at Mar-a-Lago. I mean yeah. listen, like, the guy did the taxes uh the tax thing his uh his corporation was found to be guilty about giving um giving money and, and well, favors like to 70, executives.
0: 17 criminal charges or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you somehow, can't tell me if somehow, if he, somehow yeah. his name is not on anything. He's like one of those mob bosses. Yeah. that that do, you know, does illegal things but he never puts his name on anything. He's smart enough
1: to stay out of it and get people to do his dirty work for him. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever you want want to say about him, he's smart enough to do that.
0: Well, um, yeah, and it's like uh, they, there's that Dave Chappelle uh, bit that he does on Trump where he said, you know, look, I I, Trump got up there and he goes, I know the system's rigged because I use it. And that was a good one. You know, Chappelle was like, oh, Jesus, I've never seen a white guy get up there and say something like that. But he goes, you got to respect the honesty. He, he goes, you know, how how could he be so honest about lying? That was the Saturday Night Live monologue, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, that was good.
0: Anyway, I think next time, um, I guess I should get get my dog ready, but um Did you uh get your non profit set up? I've got I don't have the non profit set up. I do have the um the pack set up. Okay. And it's called the Committee for Protection of Election Workers, which would be CPU. And so I need to get the website set up for that and start promoting it and doing some fundraising. So some more news will be coming um, out about that soon um, because I need to be able to take and process payments, donations. And this will be aimed at... legislation to protect election workers and and for security for election workers, those kinds of things. Even though it wasn't as widespread uh, in the midterms as it had been, there were some states that had problems. And the other thing is that if Trump's going to be in this next election in 2024, which is what all the fundraising will be uh, aimed, aimed at, I think you know this is going to be a necessary thing to 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 support the candidates out there that are going to work to protect the people that are actually administering the elections and making they're the ones that that follow the law and make sure that people have access to the polls. And I think next time I got a couple funny Uber stories we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to go over at the beginning. Wow.
1: And next time I'll, I'll be back from Miss America too. So I can tell you all the pageant mom stories.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. All right. Well, why don't we uh, sign off for the day? Remember to share and follow and do reviews at, at Apple and Spotify, all the platforms uh, election Insider is on as well as daily stock picks uh, podcast. And we'll, we just ask that you do those things: subscribe, share, t- retweet, and listen, and tell your family and friends about it. Anything else, Gary, before I sign off? No, I'm done. All right. Uh, enjoy your enjoy your dinner, Biscuit. <laughs> Talk to you later. See All right.